welcome to the Press Start Podcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, you and joined today by my fellow co-hosts and gamers, it's Shannon. Hello. I feel like you swapped that up, didn't you? <laughs> I did do that. I did get the order wrong. I didn't wasn't reading it for once in my life and I get the order wrong. Uh, also joining us today, it's Kieran. Hello. Brody. Hello. And James. Hello. Thank God this new system means that we don't have to sync things up and Shannon's not to throw that intro totally out of whack <laughs> any, more than, any more than I suppose I just have. Uh, Kieran, we didn't hear from you last week. How was your break? Did you do much gaming? Uh, yeah, my, my, uh, what was there of my break was pretty good. I, um, I did. I spent a little bit of time catching up on some mostly like indie stuff that I sort of didn't get around to during the year. So I uh, 100% completed Neon White. Uh, I started Signalis. I think I'm near the end of Signalis now. Um, Yeah, just it was a a lot of catch up, which was good. It was nice to have. Nice. Yeah, I was also playing some Neon White. When you say you 100% completed it, is that like you aced every level? You got like all the presents and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that 100%ing it looks like? I guess so. Are you posting any like crazy like leaderboard times or anything like that? Uh, I've, some of the early ones are pretty good, but like I'm, I'm on the console leaderboard, so the competition is I think is far less fierce than on PC. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not doing well on the PC leaderboards, but that's a story for another day. Let's crack on <laughs> with plenty of video game news to discuss this week, and some TV show news as well, because Shannon, the embargo for the Last of Us TV show is up, and you have watched all of it. I think all of us here have all watched the first episode too. Is that right? Anyone? I've watched oh, all James. Of it. Oh, Sha- Kieran's also watched all of it. Sick. Yeah. James, you haven't seen any of it. No, I was going to watch some today, but something happened. So, fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, let's start with the first episode, and we'll try and keep it spoiler-free. I know James played the game, knows how the story goes, but I'm sure some out there listening would rather not kind of know the ins and outs of how the show differs or doesn't differ from the game. Um, Brody, let's start with you. How did you find the premiere? Uh, of the, I haven't seen it all. Just to uh, be clear, I've only seen the first three episodes, and I think of the three, I think the premiere is probably the weakest of the three. Um, having seen it twice, like I watched it by myself, and then I watched it again with Katie, and the second time was a little bit of a drag. But um, I think the first time through, I think it was totally fine. Like it does a good job of setting up the world. Obviously, without spoiling, like they obviously explore a bit of history about the infection and how that comes about and all that sort of stuff, and gives a bit more. Uh, flesh to that which is good um nice little cameo from john hannah there which was nice mm. um but uh yeah like I, I liked it like i so far i'm enjoying the series a lot like i want to just finish it like i just want to power through it uh i'm liking all the performances i'm liking the ways it does differentiate itself from the games like the subtle small things that they do different like i think it's all um like i could easily imagine that they're things that neil Druckmann wanted to do in the game but they just decided to go another way and it was much of a muchness um so yeah i'm uh, really enjoying it so far yeah i am i'm trying not gonna try and gush and interrupt this conversation too much but i love that opening scene it really reminded me of um the newsroom which is one of my favorite shows all time it just kind Mm. of like setting the tone and the kind of um atmosphere i guess of like what the show was and where it was headed um and yeah i feel much the same way about the kind of different decisions they've made 
or, or the kind of way they've fleshed out the story. It feels like they've just kind of reevaluated some of the choices they made with the game and tried to think about how it might kind of fit in with the character's motivations and the bigger picture a little a little better, I think. Um, but again, that's just going off the first episode, which let's, is all I've seen so far. Let's address the elephant in the room. Ewan, did you cry again? Uh, I did, and Shannon has video evidence. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I do. I, I, I know I'm video. amazed he's not leaked yeah. it yet. <laughs> it, was lo- it was a loaded question. I knew the answer already. <laughs> Did, what was funny about it is, <laughs> like Shannon said, record your reaction. So I just started filming, and then I forgot that I had the ca- like the phone like set up in the corner. I won't tell you what happened after the episodes. <laughs> but there's like there's like a good I've got a longer edit. I tried to trim it down for Shannon. The um, Lust of Us. <laughs> Back on track. Uh, <laughs> Kieran, coming back to you. How do you think people that have no connection to The Last of Us will find the first episode? I know you're obviously a big fan of the game. I hope you enjoyed it too. But even if you've never played the game before, do you think there's something to enjoy? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that I think that the performances probably above everything else are strong enough that it is compelling uh i i like i'm with brody i don't think the first episode was as good as the rest of them um it felt like a little bit so, some parts of it felt like a little bit short change like they were trying to just you know get through that and and get to to what comes after in, in some areas but i think if you're if you're completely it's hard to say because i'm not completely new to it but i think if you are completely new mm. to it there's there's definitely enough there to get you invested from the from the first episode yeah i suppose i should have asked you brody because your partner has, has she played any uh, any Last of Us, or was she entirely most, this? Most certainly not. Uh, she's seen me. Uh, she's seen me play the games, like bits and pieces. Like she, she right. bless her, bless her. She tries to take interest in what I do. So, um, <laughs> yeah, she's somewhat familiar, but she's also enjoying it a lot. Like she, okay. uh, she's similar to me. Like she, we sat down at about seven thirty tonight. She's like, "Are we going to watch an episode?" And I was like, "Can't." <laughs> so I got to go podcast. So uh, yeah, like she's keen to get through it. Shannon, how did the whole series kind of stand up? I know your re- reviews all out. People can go to the site and read that now. Uh, do you think it did enough to differentiate itself from other uh, popular kind of zombie shows out there? The Walking Dead being the obvious one, I suppose. Um, yeah, firstly, I definitely agree that that first episode for me, I, I wasn't really feeling it like about middle of the way through, but I honestly think that of the game too, like having played part one, like those first few hours are definitely... Uh, a bit of a slog in terms of story and like walking around um, the, the zone, the quarantine zones and stuff. But I think it definitely does. I think it. I think when you watch the trailer or when you think of what this might be, if you've played any of The Last of Us or watched gameplay, like you would think a lot of it would be like just just killing infected and about that really gory zombie killing type of Walking Dead show. But it really saves those moments and ties them to to key plot points and i think they could have easily gone crazy particularly in the first like few episodes with introducing uh the infected and different ways of killing them and cool things like that but it's just not about that as a show at all and i really really liked that i i do like the fan of me having played the last of Us part two like wishes we saw more of that and like what was to come in that game and just some more of those moments but i i really when I when I think about the whole series, I, I think they did just the right amount of of that. Yeah, I, I like um, 
I like how they kind of take some time to kind of expand on the lore of things a little bit more and um you know there's a glimpse at one stage of like a poster on the walls of boston which is like where the location of a bite and how long infection kind of take holds like mm. based on the location of it um and i thought that was like an interesting sort of thing and it would surprise me if that's going to use as a plot device later on again i've only seen that first episode um and yeah, like it's that's also just a really grim scene in which you see that poster as well. Um, I was amazed, just like they didn't hold back, like pretty much right from the get go. Um, yeah. And Kieran, as I you think- said as well, I was super impressed by the performances, even like in that first episode as well. Yeah, I think because they don't have to worry about the gameplay, they they can explore parts of the story like that. I think I said that to Shannon, mm. like with Naughty Dog games, that's always been a thing for me. Like I always feel like the gameplay at times gets in the way of the story because I feel like their stories are so good. Um, yeah. And I feel like obviously they don't have that problem here and they can sort of just really flex and um, yeah, give a lot of backstory, like I already said, to a lot of those things. And I think it's actually yeah. benefiting it a lot. I think the story is better for it. So yeah, um, yeah. that's all. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, my, I think my that's only... a trap. Oh, sorry. No, no, Kieran, go for it. I was just going to say, I think that's a trap that a lot of video game adaptations fall into is trying to recreate the feeling of, of when you're playing the game. But yeah, the advantage that The Last of Us has... <laughs> the advantage that The Last of Us has is you can take the game part out and you're not really losing much. Yeah. Um, so I feel mm. like I feel like that, that really works to their advantage for this. My only concern is how they kind of like sell Joel and Ellie's relationship and maybe Shannon and Kieran, you can reassure me, but like so much of that just kind of comes through those like those optional moments of dialogue or just kind of the banter that they have going back and forth as you're just kind of moving through the world in the game. Like I can't imagine the show can do that without sort of breaking the pace. But having only seen three episodes, I feel like they've already done that pretty well. Like in the three I've seen, like in those quiet, there's plenty of like quiet moments where they like get to bond and stuff. It's, it's, it's quite nice so far. There's, yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of those, like honestly a surprising amount of times where they're just like, talking very slowly for five or so minutes at a time like that was yeah they were there were some of my favorite moments even though like some of them are word for word from the game they just hit differently for yeah, some reason I, I i think it is worth mentioning like some of the dialogue is exactly as it is in the game it's mm. delivered exactly the same or like very faithfully um and i, I think that's quite respectful to both like troy baker and ashley johnson as well um and some of the some of the camera shots are just like exactly the same and even like the way scenes transition is like how it happens in the game so yeah but i think uh, it never, good it never of- feels like i don't know how to describe it like the mario movie trailer that we're talking about how it's like leaning into 20 different things that happen in the games like it yeah. never feels like they're pushing in that direction at all in terms of like crates in the water or like typical the last of us things like they don't yeah, even do it uh, once or, like yeah it's it's very minimal in what it, in what it does with that and i yeah. think they could have easily lent more into that and i'm glad they didn't yeah cool. i would have loved if they had a whole episode of joel just moving pallets around in the water <laughs> i feel like in another work like in another version of this that is what we would have got from another <laughs> does he move a dumpster at some point to like reach a ladder or anything like that there is there is that kind like i'm not going to say there's not moments where they're like climbing through windows or lifting each other through things but it doesn't feel like they're doing it to like draw that comparison like it just yeah, feels yeah. like something they would legitimately be doing in this world yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. pe- people like point at the screen. They're like, oh, they're doing the thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're climbing through windows. <laughs> um, Brody, do you see this getting a second season? Reviews are pretty positive at this stage, but I guess it depends on how many people watch it. I th- think it's probably a given. It's fairly inevitable. Um, 
yeah, I, I mean, I, I've only seen three episodes, like I said, but if it's as if it wraps up as nicely and is as true to it as Shannon suggests, then I think it'll be pretty popular. Like, it's obviously got a very hardcore audience in gamers, but I think anyone who even casually watched Chernobyl will get into it. Anyone who has a passing interest in Pedro Pascal will watch it. So I think it will garner a pretty uh, big viewership. Yeah. And why would you not have a passing interest in Pedro Pascal? Really? That's right. God, he's got uh, very intense interest. James, to stick with The Last of Us <laughs> a moment longer, or Naughty Dog, I really should say, um, but bring you into the conversation. Neil Druckmann made an interesting comment recently saying that uh, announcing games too early in advance has contributed to work-life balances at the issues at the studio, uh, indicating they'll be announcing release dates closer to launch now. Um, do you feel that's a sensible decision, and should this be adopted more broadly? Um, yes. How long do you think is but, an yeah. appropriate well sort of time frame to <sighs> announce no, no, no. the game? It's, it's hard, but, um, I mean, six months seems to be like a sweet spot for a lot of people at the moment. Um, this is a James response, but like, I feel like since Resi 7 was a thing, like they've kind of done that with Resident Evil and that's always been good. I feel like Fallout 3 or was it Fallout 4 was the last big, big game that did that. Yeah. And that was cool. And to me, like, that's like, okay, it's out in six months. How exciting. Whereas Starfield obviously was announced years ago, and I feel like there's less buzz for that now than, say, there would have been in month three of that game being announced, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think it must be hard, though, because you want to do... You definitely... I think that is the better way to go, because, like, you can be focused on everything else that you know is coming out. Yeah. Um, but then... It must be hard to, as you get closer and closer and closer to having, like, a finished product, I imagine it's harder and harder to, like, contain leaks. Um, so, like, yeah. I figure that that must, must be, like, the only thing that they're probably skirting in terms of trying to balance it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like with it... A- yeah, I think it would be refreshing to, like... So I, like, this is also back in the day um, when I remember The Division got announced by Ubisoft. And I feel like it's all everybody fucking talked about whenever there was an event coming up. Like, it just dominated the conversation because they had one shitty CG trail that everyone really liked. <laughs> and then, like, it took two to three years to come out, you know? Um, whereas I think hard and fast is the best way to go. But what about the games? Hard to argue um, about yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it'd be hard for a studio like Naughty Dog anyway, though, because, like they're pretty high profile people know what they're working on and regardless if they're silent or vocal like the conversation's still going to be yeah. there like when are we going to see it when are we going to see last of us three when are we going to see jack four you know what i'm saying so uh yeah like it might be good for them internally but i think the conversation will still persist yeah i mean i think factions is a good example like they've been very transparent about what they've been doing with that um and kind of and where still it, you won't shut up about the pipeline i know i know and i probably won't <laughs> until it's in my hands well maybe not even then um but yeah they've obviously been putting off like announcing when that's coming out and i suppose it's for this very reason anyhow that's definitely definitely kind of overstayed my welcome in talking about the last of us so we should crack on um and instead talk about apple reportedly set to launch an ar vr headset in fall 2023 so that's our spring um shannon as the sort of resident apple guru and the keeper of all things tech how significant do you think this announcement is i guess both for apple and the future of ar and vr yeah it's it's a tricky one like i guess like firstly we can pretty much say if it is true which i think it is at this point like it's going to probably be like three or four thousand dollars minimum but i think if there's any company that can sort of take these crazy ideas like the apple watch or iphone or ipad to begin with and and 
put it in as many people's faces as possible in this case. Like, it's going to be them to do it. So I think it is it is hugely significant. Like, Kieran and I were chatting today about, like, people are still buying MetaQuest 2. So, like, that... It's not that it's not already becoming mainstream, but I think it's probably not in, like, every house or, like, every second house or every third house. And I think Apple is probably the company to do that. Maybe not this year, but maybe five da- five years down the track for sure. Mm. Uh, Kieran, are you likely to be more interested in, in VR with Apple also in the space? Um, I don't I don't think that, that that really makes a difference for me because I'm I'm not a big Apple fan, but I am a big VR fan already. Um, but I think I think what Shannon said rings true. Like, you know, I I keep I always see people sharing like photos and videos and stuff of like those classes that Apple does in their stores where they teach old people how to use an iPhone. It's like that visibility. Like people in the, in those age groups don't know other tech. They know iPhone. They know Apple. Like them having a VR product will put that idea into people's heads that I think didn't have it before. Yeah, um, I think there's something to say like for Apple in terms of taking things mainstream. Um, yeah, you know, like I know within the tech space, they're kind of often given flack for maybe kind of adding a feature like five years after it's been available on competitors devices and kind of championing it this is this new thing but they often kind of rather intelligently like iron out the kinks and make it very user friendly yeah. and that's kind of what propels it to yeah. the mainstream and i kind of expect them to do something similar with yes this. And i also think oh you go no go go for it i was just gonna say i also think that like for for me to be excited about this, they've got to be doing something new because I feel like VR headsets have kind of stagnated in the last few years. Like they're getting better, but they're not really getting any different. And I would expect Apple to do at least something different. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say like I think that games will be a part of this, but I think this is very much about like spending three thousand three thousand dollars on a headset, and you're getting maybe when you pair it with your MacBook, you're getting like four monitors around you on a desk for yeah. productivity and stuff like that. And I. Yeah. Obviously, we know that that's possible now with like the Oculus Pro or whatever it's called, the Meta Quest Pro. But I, yeah. I still think like no one's the average person. I shouldn't say no one is going to shell out two or three thousand dollars for that. Where if Apple are doing it and they're putting their billions of dollars of marketing in it, and you know it's syncing with everything, like there, there's more of a chance of that that happening. But I think it's exciting for sure. Yeah. Uh, Brody, I know you've got an Oculus. Uh, you've used VR a little bit. Like, do you, have I got that wrong? You gave me a funny look. No, I, I do have one, but I haven't used it since like half like Alex. But anyway, <laughs> well, that's good. That makes this question appropriate. Like, what what sort of kinks would you like to see Apple kind of iron out? Of what sort of kinks AR, do you want to see in VR your headset? <laughs> well, I'm sure that's a feature. <laughs> um, look, I, I, look, I don't know that. I think with how far it's come even since I got mine, like new headsets now, I don't think there'd be a lot of kinks. Like I feel like they're fairly well put together in some capacity, like they're pretty affordable for like what they are. I don't think Mm. Apple will manage to sort of capture that market. I think it will be prohibitively expensive like Shannon suggests, but um, I'm more interested to see how like they do Apple affi things, as you said, Um, like I'd, they're very good at like pushing their ecosystem. So like how it's going to integrate with your phone or even your Apple watch or Apple arcade, even to like sort of bring games across from that and stuff like that. That's sort of what I'm keen to see. And I'm sure it's going to be covered in a very fragile glass that will break at the slightest touch. So, uh, (laughs) just like every phone I've ever fucking had. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll necessarily, uh, you know, I'm getting a PSVR two like next month. So I don't think I need another headset necessarily, but, uh, it's, yeah, if it's good for productivity, then all power yeah. to you. 
I will say I think I'm much more interested in the AR space at the moment than I am the VR thing. Like I feel in terms of gaming applications, like I'm kind of pretty comfortable with headsets as they are, but like ARs never really had much success. And I kind of want to see something like Google Glass come back. Like if this was, you know, a pair of Ray-Bans or the like that I could pop on and I could get like a heads up display or I don't know, like maybe Pokemon Go features on there or something, and it's something you see through your glasses rather than on a phone screen. Um, that could be really cool. I doubt that's what this is. I think we're probably still a good while away from that being a reality. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, James, I want to ask you, though, what sort of games like do you expect we'll see on this? Will it sort of be an extension of what we would typically see on the App Store otherwise, or might we see kind of fully-fledged stores like we do on the Oculus? <clears throat> I'd imagine it would have its own thing, but then also, like, say, apps, productivity-related things too. Um, but there's no better time than the present to bring back Infinity Blade, in my eyes. Oh. Temple Run. <laughs> <laughs> Who remembers and Infinity? Yeah, hell Temple yeah. Run would be fun. If you Capcom and like... Apple are in bed at the moment, so anything is possible. A Dino Crisis AR revival, Capel. if you will. Capcom. But thanks. Um, Mate, Village is the only game that you can play on a Mac that was released in the last 10 years. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I think it'll mainly be games, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see it be used for other more virtuous, like, efforts, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, like... Are you just trying like to find another way to help... say like, productivity stuff? Like, no, or, like, yeah, or... I guess, like, things that help people. Like, I mean, me playing Resident Evil doesn't help anyone. But me learning to do, I don't know, surgery remotely. I was going to say, something. like, surgeon simulator, um, yeah, yeah, but you're actually but, but, but like operating on someone. <laughs> yeah, like, um, but not like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, not like an open source game, like a free-to-play surgeon simulator. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of worried that it's going to, like, facilitate... Wrap it up, you and some murders now. <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on uh, and talk about some Xbox news. Um, off the back of our predictions last week, I think we sort of said that something would need to happen imminently um, for the games kind of tipped in in tipped for Q1 to go ahead. Uh, Windows Central reporting that there will be a showcase streamed January 25th, which I think kind of it would be Jan 26th our time, um, and it would include Redfall, Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport, and new content from ZeniMax Online Studio. Videos because there always is. Uh, James, I'm going to come back to you on this one first. Do you believe this report from Windows Central? Uh, and does it give you confidence that Q1 will go forward as planned for Xbox? I know we were we were hesitant last week if everything was going to come out as planned this year. Um, that is such an underwhelming announcement that I think it's true. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I, like... Say those games again. List them off for me. Uh, Redfall, Minecraft Legends, Forza Motorsport, and new content from ZeniMax Online Studios, which I think is like Elder Scrolls Online, right? Well, That's like an ESO, what that would be. An, an, fucking an 80th ESO expansion. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Where's Starfield? <laughs> Like what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, why man? is Starfield not yeah, on that list? Like, right? That's, I mean, no, wait, wait, wait. It's not a real list, so who knows? But like, True. surely if they were going to do a Q1 showcase, they would show Starfield, right? Like, am I uh, being unreasonable for expecting that? James, it's 2024. Then that would explain No, wait. Last week, they put up that thing and it said it was first half. So, like, 
it's this happening. was the argument we had last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Really dumb. I'm. I'm done. I'm over it. I. I, I guess really a, a better question might be like if if this list is true. Like, do you think maybe we'll see another one of these in like April or something? Like, do you think they'll be talking to us more <clears> this year? Yes. Give me one every week. <laughs> yeah. Don't think get, anybody wants that. Get your get your get your fill of fill every week from Xbox. What about you, Brody? What does this do for your confidence levels? Um ah oh, well I'm confident that we'll see some Redfall and some Forza, so that's exciting. Um I don't know. I'm much the same as James. Like if Starfield is the tent pole, then that really needs especially for the first half of the year, it really needs to be shown off. Like how they could get through some sort of little showcase and not touch on it would be absolutely insane and not do them any favors as far as, uh, you know, the public discourse of that game goes. So, uh, yeah, look, business as usual for Xbox. It's a bit of a shit show. So let's do it. Yeah. I I suppose this harks back to that, uh, Neil Druckmann question I threw to you earlier, James is like, you know, when is the right time to sort of announce a release date? I feel like they've got it pretty horribly wrong with Starfall, if I'm honest, because that game is meant to be out. And we it's know... not even that. It's like all their games, like Perfect Dark, um, per, what's the other one that the Just Fable? people are doing? Uh, have, uh, what's that? Yeah. Uh, Contraband. Contraband, um, Fable, Fable, even, like. Everwild. State of the Golden Game. Golden Eye, three. that in the mix? St- like. The- like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like, nah. It's upsetting yeah. is what it is. We didn't get your opinion on this last week, Kieran. How, how are you sort of feeling about, I guess Starfield, but like more generally sort of Xbox's year ahead? I, um, I saw a comment from someone on the podcast that wasn't happy with how everyone was talking about Xbox last week, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> 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 no, I like... It's it's weird, right? Like if they hadn't bought Bethesda, like without Redfall and, and Starfield, what would they have this year? Like it's Forza, I, baby. It's, it just feels like a big void. Um, I can but, and I can understand why people would be feel that way about how we spoke last week. But like, it's true. <laughs> and like, I'm the big Xbox person. Like, yeah, like I'm I'm like, I'm super legit, like. I, th- I think what we might overlook is just I know I don't think it's fair that we overlook it, but we may not have mentioned it last week. Um, but like the value that is Game Pass and like that constantly delivers and like, you know, last year was kind of peppered with really solid releases on Game Pass that, you know, weren't the sort of big kind of tentpole AAA releases, but still, you know, on the regular delivered excellent games to to players. And so, yeah, Yeah. maybe, maybe that like we ought to kind of shout out. More. There was the stat last year, I think, where they said they were gonna. Was it one game every two months or one game every quarter I or something? So game a quarter, yeah. Was it a yeah. quarter? Like clearly that's in their plans, but it's yeah. hard to know what's happening behind the scenes. I think, I think like if there's any frustration that I have with them, it's 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 more just that like all of the games that they have in the pipeline, I'm really excited to play. Yeah. And so it's just like I've been excited to play these games for how many years now? Like I just I just want to play them. Just give me something. Yeah, mm. I'm a bit like that with uh, Machine Games and Indiana Jones. Even Hellblade. Like that fifth film's coming out. Hellblade as oh, well. Yeah, Hellblade. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know games take time. I feel like it's actually, taken extra time. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Like, maybe Xbox are just kind of a bit different as a publisher and they kind of really, like, more so than Nintendo and Sony just kind of give their, their first-party studios as much I, time I, I as they feel so. they need. Because yeah. they have a revenue stream with Game like Pass as well. 
<laughs> I also wonder, like, yeah, if fair. I wonder if, like, because we used to say they have a different strategy, obviously, with Game Pass. They want to announce more stuff, um, so yeah. people stay subscribed. But then I also feel like with all this shit that's clearly so far away, like, how many people will just lapse and then resubscribe when they know when they do can we play stuff? Like, think in like the last? Do we think numbers have gone up this year or down or like not changed? And Game much? Pass subscribers. Yeah, up, I would surely. have thought they had to have gone up. Yeah, no, I think I PC's haven't said going up, but isn't everything yeah. else like stagnating a bit? I yeah. don't think it's growing as much. I think yeah. console sales would be a driver for that as well. Yeah, so. that's a fair point. Hopefully, with like Samsung TVs and stuff having now built in and whatever they kind of plan to expect. I think they're still they're there, still so. playing the long game, and I think they're they're gonna have like a banger. Yeah, it's just what year? What year? Yeah. <laughs> or so, I mean, speaking anecdotally, in the last six months my brother and my mum have both bought xboxes mum smashed away through a plague tale both games glad to hear your family's keeping xbox afloat she's <laughs> his point in time. my mum's just a better gamer than i <laughs> but i guess that's the beauty of being retired i hope she doesn't listen to this um i have a rapid fire question for you all in fact maybe even two rapid fire questions there's a bit of a fun bonus one um but for the first one i want to reference a recent interview with blooper team's chief marketing officer who said that the pressure was high on the studio working on the silent hill 2 remake uh yes or no do we think they'll deliver james i'll start with you um clearly <laughs> difficult rapid fire question um Ruminating. i don't know I, i'm gonna say no i just don't think Ooh. I, I feel Karen? like I've always said <laughs> no, no. Why would you make this as graphic fire when I'm on the? Anyway, no. I just think that game was a lightning in the bottle moment for Konami, and I don't think it's ever going to be happen again. And you just not the voice work alone will be shit. That's my prediction. I'm happy to be proven wrong. Anyway, bye. Fair, Karen. Yes. I also feel yes. I believe in Baluba, Shannon. I'm a Baluba. <laughs> yeah, I picked up on that. <laughs> oh my um, god, we need that T-shirt. <laughs> I, I, I think no. Just based on like the stakes for Silent Hill and pressure on this in particular has never been higher. So I say no, based on very high standards. That Brody, a tiebreaker. Yeah, I'm leaning more toward no. No. Bugger. Sorry. <laughs> what All if, right. Uh, second. Wait, wait, wait. Second. Can, we, uh, can I? I'm going to interject with <laughs> okay. uh, a, a, a class uh, footnote. Oh, a rapid fire of his own. <laughs> we'll, How the tables we'll, have turned. The same question, but for Capcom with Resident Evil 4. Oh, oh. Who cares? Oh. Yes. <laughs> wow. Really? I mean, like the track record's good. What do you, what do you mean? No, you don't think? I, wasn't two really good, but three was... It won't, won't be a Last of Us Part 1. Let's not go that far, but okay. Well, let's move on. No, really it will. Sure. It will for sure. That's no. it's going to be a no, highlight of everyone's year. It's not a given. Well, the inside scoop well, that you have. I'm sensing. James alone, you're going to buy like three copies, aren't you? How many of you hate Resident Evil Four, James? Are you just like a, 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 you like four is just a certain higher standard in your eyes, and that four? No, he doesn't in. like four. Do, you don't like no, four, do you? Right, as much? Okay. Well, maybe if we let me speak, you can learn. <laughs> what about, about how I feel? That's it's true, not, isn't it? Though. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I I've always felt like it's like a little bit like overrated, but it's good, obviously a very good game. Um, but I do feel like it's the one that everybody played and like got into like right. it's the game that like blew it up like to the masses more so than anything else so i do feel like there's a lot more 
like nostalgia there and a lot more reverence there. So like it's always a bit more risky. Mm. So. All right, final rapid fire question for <laughs> yeah. today then. <laughs> How do we feel about potatoes, scallops slash cakes? I feel like it should be it's potato scallops. cakes, not Absolutely scallops not or scallops that the rapid or whatever fire you question? say in other states. How do we feel about them? Is this yes or no? Like we need to talk about some fast food. I reckon thumbs up, thumbs down on this. Brody, thumbs up? On a, vi- on a, on, on a largely audio podcast. Is that what, you, well, is you that what can, we're doing? I'm expecting you to vocalize as well if your thumbs up oh. or thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> Keep them in fish and chip shops. <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be smashing seven of them tomorrow on your way home from work. I Do they come with gravy? If they come with gravy, I might chicken be Chicken salt, mate. Wait, you no, eat potato cakes with gravy? They come with chicken salt. I, I eat fucking everything with gravy. <laughs> gravy is the goat. Leather him up. <laughs> I can respect that. Yeah. Don't me in gravy. make anything better. Um, Kieran? So- oh, Shannon, sorry. Go. Double thumbs up. I'm, Double I'm there thumbs to try up. it. Wow. I love a Karen? potato cake. You're just a shill, though. I'm a McLovin. Thumbs. <laughs> my, my thumbs are down. Thumbs are down. <laughs> my thumbs are down. James? Oh, he's so deep uh, in thought. This is clearly the hardest question we put no. to him today. <laughs> it's really hot in this room. So, um, it's... I think... I think it's a No. They're more expensive than fish and chip shop ones, and they'll probably be shit up. That's my vibe. Just the way that he said, I think it said no. They're going to be 100% crispy. 100% crispy all the time. What are you talking about? Okay. You sound like you've got McDonald's talking points off to the side there. (laughs) No, wait a second. Because, you know, does does this happen to everyone else? When you get, get, like, order two at a fish and chip shop, they give you, like, six. Yes. Does that happen to everybody? Yeah. I mean, maybe not six. I usually get, like, one more. Well, you always get more than what you order. Yeah. Because you already... They're already ahead, and then they're usually cheaper. But would you rather yeah. six six soggy potato cakes or one deliciously fried? But who's saying they're soggy? Like what fish? You're just not going to right potato, potato cake for a start. First what? of all, okay, have right, we considered no. the possibility that you might be able to say get a Big Mac and replace that middle bun with a potato cake? You could Ooh, do that. You could add food. it. You but, could but add a hash brown. The, no, the you could put the fries in a bag with the chicken salt they give you with it and yeah. recreate shaker yeah, fries. the shaker fries, which Ooh, are no, That's a hack. That's a life hack. If they've got chicken salt to hand, they here. need to just bring those back in tandem. That's what do you, what do you want? Then they wouldn't have people like us talking shaker about fries. it. Yeah, I guess. Free advertising. The two burgers suck. We just say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've been overshadowed by a potato. The hokey pokey salt. shake. Like, Get it in me. Oh, oh, yeah, true. Do, Wait, do you mean the El Maco and the Cajun chicken one or whatever it is? I think they're done now. No, no, no. There's a new like Aussie, Aussie oh, deluxe, yuck. and it's probably got beetroot else. on it. Yeah, it does. That's it. Love beetroot. F- fuck off. Disgusting. I just want this like innovation in fast food. Like I'm sick of like let's just add like beetroot to it and call it Aussie. Like make a new sauce or like like bring do, uh, in do some... beetroots come from here or what? Did we grow <laughs> the first beetroot? I don't think we even do. I don't even know where that's from. I think that was popularized by um. <clears throat> Right, because there was some macaws. There was a macaws before as well. Yeah, it's got beetroot in it. It's probably got an egg yeah, as right. well. We're fucked. And and fried onions. <laughs> Australia's cooked, mate. Anyway, I sort of feel like we should move on to what the wiki at some stage, but I honestly could just listen to James. And it's a great rapid fire. I think come back <laughs> next week for our review of all of these products. I will buy, buy one pote- tomorrow. I'll buy a potato and taste it tomorrow. next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, are we all just going to come on next episode with one in hand? Are we going to try and 
Yeah, I would. I would no, have to buy it two hours before Uber eats one. I can't. Well, I can microwave it. I've got an air fryer. Arrangements. I've got an air fryer. I'll sort it out. Alrighty. What the Wiki is the Press Starts podcast game show where the previous week's winner reads part of a Wikipedia page from an unknown game and we, the contestants, must guess the game. A point is awarded for each correct guess and the round ends after one person scores two points. Are you familiar with the new rules, Kieran? I am now. Or am I dropping this on you now? <laughs> Nothing works for me. We're seeing how this goes. All right, it's going very well for me, but James was reading out the, the games last week, so this could, this could end in tears still. Uh, all right. Uh, I'll recap you on the scoring. I'm currently lead on two points with one appearance. Brody, one point with one appearance. And Shannon, James, and Kieran all tied with nil. Um, but rather miraculously, I won last week. So I am staying in the hosting chair for the moment. Game number one. <laughs> the game's overworld is a galaxy map that players can explore to find and complete quests. Brody. Most can- Brody. Super Mario Galaxy. Incorrect. Ah, sorry. Most quests consist of combat missions, but some involve the player interacting with non-player characters during visits to settlements. Different locations and new squad members become available as the player progresses throughout the game. Shannon. I don't know. (laughs) Yep. Mass Effect Andromeda. Incorrect. Uh, Let me know when I'm back. Yeah, we'll do, Brody. Experience points are gained by completing quests. Each time, a su- each time a sufficient amount of experience is obtained, the player levels up and is awarded squad points that can be used to develop powers for their character and squad members. Brody, you're back in. Mm. Powers provide enhanced combat capabilities, with each power having four ranks that can be unlocked. Each rank costs the same number of squad points as its rank. For example, unlocking the first rank of a power requires one point. It's really getting into the weeds. But unlocking all four ranks of a single power requires a total of ten points. Upon raising a power to its fourth rank, the player must evolve the power into one of its two given forms. I really should admit that paragraph. The The player's primary mode of transportation is a starship, which serves as a lead character as base of operations. Aboard the ship, the player can interact with the squad members, customize the player's armor, travel to numerous planetary systems, and scan planets for mineral Brody. resources. Here in- Brody. Uh, oh, God. I heard Brody first. Is it Mass Effect 2? It is Mass Effect yeah, 2. Yeah, damn it. Well I was waiting for that, that scanning detail. <laughs> that is a point to Brody. Nicely done. Uh, game number two. The game is an action-adventure stealth game set in an open-world environment and played from a third-person perspective. How many times do we hear that sentence? The game features three main cities, Havana, Kingston, and Nassau, which reside under Spanish... James. Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. It is. Well done, James. Welcome to the point scoring. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Game number three. So much pace. The game is a first-person shooter with players experiencing most gameplay through the eyes of a playable character. The game switches to a third-person view for some cinematics and gameplay sequences. The game preserves many of the core features of the franchise's gameplay experience. Players step into powered armor and control the characters at Brody. Uh, Halo Infinite. It is not Halo Infinite. Shannon. Shannon. Titanfall 2. No, incorrect. Oh, my God. Uh, The armor provides deflector shields, which diminish while protecting the wearer from weapons fire but recharge after a short recovery. So for a short paragraph, you're all back in. 
Old weapons return alongside new ones, sometimes with altered mechanics. New to the series are Spartan abilities, replacing the Brody. armor abilities of Brody. Halo 3. It is not Halo 3. Shannon. James. Ooh. Halo 4. No, no, sorry. Uh, Halo 4, is your guess? Incorrect. Shannon. Here <laughs> in Halo 5. I'm so annoyed. Guardians. It is <laughs> Shannon. Well done. <laughs> oh, hilarious. All righty. Uh, so that's a point up to James, Shannon, and Brody at this point. stage. Game number four. Game designer Will Wright was inspired to create a Brody. quote virtual. Aaron. Brody? That's Brody's. Is it The Sims? It is The Sims. Well done, Brody. After Huge. losing his home during the Oakland firestorm of 1991 and subsequently rebuilding his life was the end of that sentence, should you have been interested. Uh, but That's Brody, well done. Sims. You bagged yourself two points there, moving up to three in total. So you have taken the lead and will be hosting next week. Thank you. It's an honor. <laughs> and with that, let's bring it down to what was this week's episode of the Press Start Podcast. Subscribe to us on Listener or the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au and visit the site at pressstart.com.au. There you can find Shannon's review of the entire series one of The Last of Us TV show. We've been joined today by Shannon. Uh, you can follow me at shancake underscore on Twitter. And, and as you had mentioned, yeah, go read the last of us you and let us know what you thought when you watched the first episode on monday i think we said didn't we uh yes yeah. that, sounds, that right. sounds right um monday at 1 p.m gracing us with his presence it was kieran yeah you can follow yeah. me on twitter at hashbrown h-a-s-h underscore b-r-a-u-n you also shared a, a mega thread of all your thoughts of the the series as well should shannon's review i did not suffice um <laughs> number <laughs> number what am i doing um i don't have a cool outro for him but also joining us today was james oh ouch <laughs> i haven't got one for you yet either brody <laughs> i took him the points that's easy no true anyway yeah. um i'm on twitter at, at james a t j m z you're going to have to let us know next week james what you thought of the first episode of last of us it's your assignment will, for the week yep, your homework <laughs> uh, and bagging the points today taking top spot it was Brody thank you you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG and I have been your host Ewan Roxbury. you can follow me on Twitter at Ewan underscore Roxburgh. thanks again for tuning in and until next time happy gaming bye, bye.